2: Welcome to Happy Foot Sad Foot, the only LAFC podcast hosted by people who don't know what they're talking about. I'm Travis Helwig.
0: And I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our preview of both games this week, our Champions League game on Wednesday at 7.30 that you can watch on FS2, I'm sorry, and our regular season MLS matchup against the Seattle Sounders on Saturday at 1pm on Apple TV+. And just a reminder, 10 minutes after both games, we'll be live on YouTube with the post-game call-in show. There's a link to our YouTube in the show notes if you want to watch live or call in to chat and hang out with us. It'll be a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Hope to see you there.
2: Also on this week's episode, I chatted with Jeremiah Oshan, editor-in-chief of the Sounders at Heart, the biggest Sounders blog about this year's Seattle team, and just what their fan base thinks of us down here in Los Angeles. That's coming up in the second half of the show. But first, Darren... Unfortunately, we gotta do listener-mandated banter. Oh, come on. The people demand it.
0: Banter, podcast banter. Let's do it. Let's well, do
2: it. Pow. What what <laughs> the fuckers? What the fuck? I vomed in my pants. Here's my <laughs> disgusting. Here's my banter that I can lead us off with. I took my antidepressant not on a full stomach and boy am I nauseous right now.
0: Are we having fun? Oh, no.
2: Is there, the people Cuz you
0: can't tell if you went out if you went out of Mark Maron or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you did.
2: I went uh, out of Mark Maron. I I am nauseous right now, but we're going to make it work and I just want everyone here to know that when they demanded banter, this is the type of stuff I'm going to give you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> overshare that's the best way to banter just just be real you know open uh, up
2: Dar- darren how's your gut health
0: gut health oh my god i have no idea that's kind of the problem i think yeah i don't know right. my I, I had a a rough weekend we had a party for keaton he turned five happy birthday to your he, son keaton thank you he he had a birthday party with one friend well two friends and we had a bounce house in our backyard. the first time i've ever done that it was insane. It took up the entire backyard. Not that it's big, but the bounce house was big. I was a 36-year-old man jumping around in a bounce house. So that's what I did all Sunday, Saturday before the... When was the last game? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Oof. I
2: noticed you seemed like your calves hurt while we were doing the live stream.
0: Yeah, couldn't you tell?
2: Yeah. I was surprised uh, you didn't say anything. Your calves were throbbing. It came, lo- it came loud and clear through the stream.
0: <laughs> Wham, <wah, wah. laughs>
2: Well, that's enough fucking there's, banter. There's balloons.
0: there's balloons back there still left over.
2: You know, I saw them and I was like, they sort of look like you were like a ball pit or something. And I'm like, I don't know. This is a world I don't understand. Let's Fantastic. get into the show. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Let's do it. All right. You got to teach me about this game. Okay. Each week, I don't have time to figure out what the hell is going to happen in the next game. I don't know who the Sounders are. I've seen them play once or twice. Who knows? But look, I got a life. I got bouncy houses to jump around in and kids to, you know, not fall from a bouncy house and break their heads. I got balloons to play in. Uh, There's a lot to do, you know. And Mm -hmm. just like studying to prepare (laughs) for some kind of LAFC-based test is just not one of them. Mm -hmm. So every week I make Travis, who does have some kind of LAFC sickness, Uh to just study for me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: free time. I do vaguely remember the concept. So Travis puts a whole study guide together for me. He's my textbook and this is my study session and I'm I'm all ready for the exam when it comes time for the game. So that is a segment we like to call storylines.
2: Wow. Darren, it's always an honor to hear how, what you think of all the work I put into this podcast. It means the world. I think you're means. throwing
0: your life away, really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll never understand the pure joy of jumping in a bounce house uh, all day Oh, long. am I throwing
0: my life away too?
2: Possibly. We don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think by the end of this, we'll decide what's better, having a child or not having a child. So let's get into it. The <laughs> the, as we said at the top, this week we have two games – a bunch of storylines coming in, and the first storyline coming into this week's two games is Darren. LAFC is back, baby. Every single week, we've done a match preview on this podcast, and I've come to you and I've said, "I'm worried about our midfield depth. I'm worried about our scoring without Orango. I'm worried we can't sustain the number of games we have each week." Well, Darren, there's nothing. I'm left. here to say, <laughs> fuck that we look great. Our midfield depth looks fine. Tillman took Sifu's spot against the Revolution and looked transcendent, scored his first goal and made MLS team of the week. He even up- made two different people just for fun. Ilya Sanchez came out of the game and we still looked good, which is never normal. I am no longer worried about our midfield depth.
0: So are we going to blow it now? Fuck. I feel like you're jinxing <laughs> it. <laughs> This is. I, I now. I'm. I'm. I was not worried either until until now.
2: <laughs> Look, I'm gonna give it. I I give it straight. I'm a. I I was nervous, and everything I've been nervous about has not come true. And I need to just admit that I've been wrong along the way. My scoring concerns. Ver- have been proven to be very stupid. We've only played two games and we're currently tied for highest goal differential in the league. When every other team has played three games, Denny Buanga has scored five goals in the span of a week. Stipe Bu, yeah. the Michael Stipe of the MLS, has proved to be a dangerous, albeit inconsistent, option up top. You to look like you wanted to say something, Darren. Michael Stipe. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I, I just, I just,
0: all I wanted to do was allow it. That's all. I just wanted to let it go.
2: I, but I mean, our frontline looks incredible. We talked about it on the live stream, but like, we don't need a number nine if they're rotating the way that they're rotating.
0: I mean, Denny Bowonga has a very dangerous addiction to goals and he needs help and we're all here to make sure he doesn't get it.
2: Yeah. He looks, he looks like he's obsessed with it. And honestly, it's concerning. I've seen that look before. I've been to Vegas and had that look in my eyes oh, and- yeah. I know what it's like and I hope that he understands that he is not defined by his goal scoring. He is more I than agree. that.
0: Well what happens is you score and then what you do is you need that high and so you mm-hmm. need to score again but when you score the next time it doesn't it's not as it's not as big. So, so you, you need, need to, to score, score more. <laughs> And that's what he does in the first game, and you know, you Ugh. just the only the only way that he can try to satiate himself is is more goals, which is just yeah. very sad to see. And I I hope that you know, as soon as the season ends and we win another championship, he, he can find a way to turn his life around. But
2: right, well, we'll just have to I, watch it happen. While it happens, yeah, I'm happy to watch his descent, his Cara Delevingne descent into addiction. Uh, Topical. And- And while he wasn't perfect in the back, Aaron Long did a solid job taking over for our Italian prince, Chiellini, along with Palencia in the back. You know, we were able to destroy one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference using our second string lineup for most of the game. And that bodes Mm -hmm. very well for us rotating the roster over the course of what is hopefully going to be a very long run in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I think the the more we start to play bench players and they do well like we're just building up more and more cushion for ourselves it, it's going to compound and it's just it's awesome to watch you you start to you start to have players come in and just get themselves ready to come in another time and then all of a sudden you know halfway through the season we'll just have a team full of weapons which is honestly i i feel like the f- like we need that's necessary. It's not just like oh that would be so nice to have. There's so many games. We just we need that. So it's I don't know how. What are other teams doing? How are um, they pulling it off? They're just gonna you know, all die in the vine. Yeah. Die in the vine somewhere.
2: Usually people punt on a tournament. They'll just they won't play their best players Got and it. they'll be like we we can't do it. And we talked a little bit about that in my interview with with Jeremiah at the Seattle, the Sounders blog that that we'll get into. But they didn't make oh, the yeah, playoffs last year, but they won that. the Champions League. So a big scary story this week is how long will we be missing Ryan Hollingshead, our superstar defenseman? We're recording this a bit early this week on a Monday night, so more info might be out there by the time you're listening, but after sustaining a hit on Sunday that would have been a foul in hockey, but somehow wasn't a foul (laughs) in soccer, Ryan Hollingshead came off the pitch after what was essentially... 10 seconds in the game and he was indicating to his ribs or lungs. Some tweets said that he was spitting up blood, but had no lacerations in his mouth, which is not a good sign that seems to indicate something going on inside. Steve Trundillo after the game said he's not doing well, but there's no updates. We haven't heard anything as of today, but you know, I don't have any information if it's a collapsed lung or a broken rib. Ryan Hollingshead is going to miss a lot of games for this squad. So our depth in the back, which I used to feel very good about, gets a lot thinner without him. He's been a proven vital member of our defense and also an important offensive threat, assisting two of Buanga's goals in Costa Rica Mm -hmm. as well. So very soon we're going to see how well Palencia fits with the squad and both him and Aaron Long I think are about to play more minutes than we were anticipating.
0: Yeah, oh man. We, we were on the live stream after the game and there were a lot of people in the comments calling out different possibilities for what could be going on with Hollingshead and everyone seemed to stick to uh, just really, really bad options. I have yet to think of anything better. It's not good that nothing's come out. No news is not good news in a situation like this.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like by the time this is released, we'll have heard more, but it It didn't... It, once I heard that he had blood in his mouth but no cuts, I was like, "Oh, that seems bad."
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And also, the question remains: Would this injury have occurred if he had had the mustache still? And I kind of think no. I kind no, of think we. Of course not. No. It, he. It's a lucky mustache.
0: Yeah, you don't. Things like that don't happen when you have a mustache like that. People may have forgotten how good that mustache was. I, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think I don't think Ryan Hollingshead is forgetting how good it was when he's sitting in a hospital bed. He's thinking, oh, that mustache would have prevented all of this. That's regret. That's what he's feeling right now.
2: Again, we have two games this week. One, our first one is against Alajuencia of Costa Rica. That was my second attempt. And Getting so much better. Last time I have to say it, it's at home <laughs> on Wednesday, and then we again have a game on Saturday against Seattle, which is our first away game of the season uh, that you know of the MLS season of we talked about the Costa Rican side last week a bit, so I, I kind of want to start with the Seattle game. The first storyline. Yeah of the Seattle game is that, once again, Darren, this is a rivalry game. Seattle and LAFC have a storied history of what is now considered one of our rivalries along with the Galaxy, Portland, and Philly. Seems like we only have rivals, Darren.
0: <laughs> well, when you're, when you're at the top, everyone wants to uh, um,
2: grab onto an ankle and see if they can climb their way up, you know? I think San Jose would be very hurt that we're not including them in our rivalry, and I don't feel bad. <laughs> We took the scenic
0: route around all of California and skipped over them. The less scenic route, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, we took the five straight. We played – so the the rivalry comes from a few places. We played our very first game as a club in Seattle, and we won thanks to Diego Rossi scoring our very first goals. And we <laughs> wrote a fun little song about him, which I, reminded me – I missed when we had – player specific chants that would like come out when they did something well
0: what what also like what a cool achievement as a player
2: yeah like oh i'm on
0: this team that's cool oh i'm playing well that's cool oh my god i reached specific chant level at this team and we (laughs) only like
2: (laughs) when they chant for carlos Vela. it's like carlos Vela, and it's like that that," no that the diego rossi song ruled and i heard somewhere and i'm stealing it from someone and i don't remember i think it was another podcast so if it was yours i apologize i don't know where i heard it from but i or maybe i'm making it up and i thought somebody else came up with it because i liked it so much but i think you know the song tequila where we go bump bump but you know that song yeah we should do that but instead of saying tequila we say Buwanga. that's my contribution
0: (laughs) that's good i like that
2: or they can play it over the loudspeaker, and we all say Buwanga instead of Tequila. Just some thoughts I've been having, <laughs> <laughs> or been stealing from someone else. I'm unsure which. Right, uh, right. We're not
0: sure if those are thoughts you've been having, or just things you've been hearing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we also played our very first shout out to home whoever game. Thought of that? <laughs> yeah. Shout out if it if it ends up happening. It was either my or your idea. <laughs> We played our very first home game as a club against Seattle and won thanks to that Lauren Simon banger. So we sort of felt like we had Seattle's number. But then in 2019, they destroyed our historic season by taking us down in the conference finals of the MLS playoffs. They mucked down our play and grinded us down with fouls. And that's the game where LAFC fans really started hating Seattle. It was a nasty game. I was very depressed afterwards. They did the exact same thing in the following year's COVID playoffs, and they knocked us out again. So two years in a row, they took us out of the playoffs. I I also think this rivalry sort of comes from the fact that both of our teams are incredibly well run. Like LAFC has stolen some of the golden child glow that Seattle had as an expansion franchise. It sort of was Seattle's and then Atlanta took it for like a year or two. And then LAFC has been running with it since. And I think they might be a little jealous that we have that sort of like Backing from the league that they once had, we have that credibility as a club that they don't necessarily still have. I mean they do, but we're the special child now, I think
0: right. I remember when there was a lot of buzz when Seattle was gonna get a team, and then For it sure. was everyone else was really excited that they came out so hard, not only were they so good but their fans were so into it right away, yeah, and there was like a big buzz about it. I don't know what it was like with expansion teams before then, but there seems to be a trend now of expansion teams having a bit of, I don't know if you'd call it beginner's luck, because a lot of them have sustained the quality, but expansion teams are good. <laughs>
2: yeah, These I mean, <laughs> you look at St. Louis City. St. Louis City is the best team in the league, and everyone thought they were going to be the worst, literally the worst team in the league. its It really feels like there's some sort of roadmap now for how to make it work. And I do think it started with Seattle and Portland. I, I talked about that a little bit in my interview with Jeremiah as well. The second big storyline that I have for that game is... Is Seattle actually legit this year? So last year, Seattle looked like absolute dog shit in league play, but that was mainly because they expended all of their energy being the first MLS team to win Champions League, something we're desiring to replicate this year. I guess not replicate because we can't become the first MLS team. This year, we're going to be the first MLS team to (laughs) win Champions (laughs) League.
0: Fuck you, Seattle! We did it. We're the yeah. first now.
2: But after the so after the first two weeks, Seattle looked like they were back to their old legendary selves. They decimated Colorado four to zero, and they beat Real Salt like two to zero. And then this last week, they finally had to take on a real contender in Cincinnati, and they looked less than stellar. They looked kind of they sloppy. And FC Cincinnati came away with the victory. They played well, but Seattle definitely made some big mistakes. All that is to say, I don't know what type of team we're getting when we play Seattle. And Seattle's an incredibly Mm. tough place to play. Like you said, their fans are great. Their field is turf, which means almost definitely Chiellini will not be playing that game. We're going to have to play Aaron Long because we want to prevent Chiellini from getting injuries. I think our best team is going to be fielded against the Costa Rican side, which means, again, we might see the lineup we saw with the Revolution, which I was scared about and was proven wrong. Who knows if it would still work out on the road. We've yet to test that. And Seattle is very talented.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, the hardships of a road game, as far as like the logistics and everything, has definitely been tested with us. But I don't know if I would call like that fan base, like they don't know us so well enough to like taunt us. You know what I mean? I don't know that it was like that hostile of an environment necessarily. Like, yeah, they were good fans over there. But I would imagine it was more like cheering for their team than it was like, hostility towards ours
2: yes there's not really Uh, animosity between those teams right like an mls
0: team at home is going to be like you're in our house now let's Let's see what right. you got. And, it's and I be do a think people think.
2: people actively hate us. I do think we're like a team that is hated around the league, and people really want to yeah. beat us, and fans especially really want to beat us because we're the most attractive team, and the most popular team, and the team that yeah. everyone wishes they were on. Just and, all, and also, coolest, I guess the richest and um, yeah, and the most, most fun most fun. I
0: think we have the best um, stadium, probably
2: horniest. <laughs> yeah yeah and finally Um, pivot from there and finally (laughs) Wednesday night we are once again playing a Costa Rican team that's looking for revenge and so that leaves us with our final storyline of the week will they beat us by four goals at home because it's CONCACAF and shit like that happens however the only way we can lose and not move on from this leg of the CONCACAF Champions League is if this team beats us by four goals at home. Darren, what do you think?
0: Uh, no, we're good. <laughs> what, I, happens yeah. if they, what happens if they win 3-0? Then we go to just penalties. Like we did. Oh, we just end the game with penalties? I guess I that think, makes uh, sense. Yeah. This, I, I,
2: I can't wrap my head around shit. Maybe there's extra <laughs> time, but I, I think we go straight to, to penalties. And it's very yeah, it funny. It, okay. It's funny that you could win 3-0 and it's like, well, we still haven't sealed the deal.
0: A nail-biter. <laughs>
2: Those are our storylines for this week. When we come back, I'm going to talk to one of the biggest names in Seattle Sounders media, and I'll find out just what those depressed, pale weirdos think of us here at LAFC. And we're back. He's the editor in chief of the Sounders at Heart blog at SB Nation and the host of the Nos Audietas podcast. Please welcome Jeremiah O'Shan. Yeah, you got it. I know. I was really nervous. <laughs> Um. Thanks for coming up, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I'm happy to do it. So this is the first time we're doing this. We're bringing on some people into enemy territory and and asking them about their team. So
1: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Last year, Seattle, they won the Champions League, and then they forgot to play in Major League Soccer. They forgot that those games were happening. Then the beginning of this season, you guys have looked incredible. Last week, you had a hiccup in Cincinnati. What's the general vibe in the fan base right now? How, how are you guys feeling about the squad?
1: You know, it's a good question because I I don't always know from a week-to-week basis. Like, I, I know how I feel, which is I feel pretty good about the team. I think that they seem to be mentally in the right place from, you know, and, and I do think last year was more of a isolated incident where, you know, they had a bunch of injuries. I do think there was some complacency that set in in, in terms of what they thought, how they thought the season was going to go. And I think they came into this preseason with a mental, a different mentality, and it, and it looked really good in the first two games. You know, it didn't go quite as expected against FC Cincinnati, but you know there are some frustrations. The Sounders haven't won a road game since last July, so that's like a stretch of oh, ten wow. games. Yeah, so it's been a it's it's been tough on the road. They've been better at home, but yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely some frustration. I think there's. A fair number of Sounders fans who sort of looked at last year as, yeah, Champions League was great, but then uh, they're more worried about the way the season ended. And frankly, you know, that was a, a big chunk of the season, right? You know, for the last four months of the season, the Sounders were really bad. Their results were really bad. And there was sort of this sense of, well, we maybe we should we should rebuild the team and and our core is pretty old. Instead, they, they basically brought everyone back. And are hoping they'll stay healthier. But you know, it's so it's a little
2: mixed bag. Cool. Well, I, I mean, I feel like I think of the Seattle Sounders as consistently a team I don't want to face, even when you're doing poorly. Like I, I feel like as an outside fan, I am not happy when we have a fixture against the Sounders. Yeah if you that makes if sense. you I, I mean if you were talking to someone who has never watched the Seattle Sounders before, who are the players that you would say we should watch out for, we should be afraid of, that That you think are the ones that a casual viewer should be paying attention to? So
1: one, one thing that will be interesting is this week, I think we're going to get Raul Ruiz Diaz back starting. That will be the first start that he's made in the MLS campaign so far. He did start the Club World Cup game, but he, he had a an injury that that kept him from starting he's played the last two games he's someone who can make a goal out of absolutely anything he is he's a really fun player to watch he you know he he doesn't necessarily you don't see him on every possession necessarily but he's someone who should always keep an eye on because he can pop up anywhere he can score from you know seemingly anywhere on the field and he's really fun. The guy on the other end of the spectrum who you will notice because he's on the ball all the time is Nico Ladero. He's he's sort of bit, he's the guy who really brought the Sounders into their current kind of their current era. He signed with them in 2016. Since he he came here, the Sounders have won two MLS Cups, Champions League, they've been to four MLS Cup finals and he's really the the driving force behind the team. He he hasn't been quite as active this year. And that's sort of by design. The Sounders, I think, want to disperse some of the playmaking. And one of the, the big reasons why is because another central midfield named, midfielder named Jao Paolo, who missed most of last year, who whose injury is really one of the big reasons the Sounders missed the playoffs. He's, be, he's been back this year. He looks to be fully fit and sort of taking up where he left off. And he's a really, you know, he's more of a hard-nosed player. He's Brazilian, but he's not your average Brazilian. He's more of a guy who's gonna get into a tackle. He can make some nice passes. And and he's someone that I think outsiders oftentimes gravitate towards as the guy you grudgingly respect because yeah. he doesn't you know, he doesn't do a lot of the silly stuff that drive people crazy, but he does a lot of that hard nosed thing, he puts in a hard tackle, makes the smart pass. And it's just sort of like a clever player that's really easy to like. And then you have guys like Jordan Morris, who's, you know, someone that if you're a fan of the national
2: team, you're familiar with. But those are those are probably the the key players. Right. Those are the ones I'm scared of. So that's that's helpful. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, LAFC fans consider Seattle a rival. I, I mean, I think because we got knocked off knocked out of the playoffs twice by you guys, we played our first home and our first away game against you guys. That's right. Does, yeah. Does Seattle view LAFC as a rival? Obviously not in the vein of Portland, but I, I, how does the fan base view LAFC? And you can be as mean as you want. This is a safe I space. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think
1: I don't think there's anything mean. I think the Sounders fans do see LAFC sort of as, if not a lid, actual rival, because I think when it comes to rivals, you're right. The Timbers really take up spots A B and and maybe the White Caps come in at C but then the Timbers are like D E and F. Right. And it's like the it, and it doesn't matter how bad the Timbers are or how good the Sounders are, that is a game that the Sounders just can't like the, these two fan bases are are linked in ways that aren't always easy to understand. And from a rival perspective, there's just not much room for another real rival, but in terms of the on-field aspects of it, I think the Sounders absolutely view LAFC as someone they measure themselves in against. They're constantly comparing themselves to what LAFC is able to accomplish. I think LAFC, the things that LAFC is able to do drives Sounders fans crazy. <laughs> and and it's a, a, an organization that the Sounders are very aware of that. They're very like, I think they aspire to certain aspects of it and like, any you know it's also you know when the fan base does things like you know they had this great showing in costa rica where you know 500 fans showed up down there and they're jumping in unison you're gonna of course hear sanders fans saying like oh we've done the same thing before right because it's just like they can't escape i think Sanders fans can't escape the sort of you know la is is bright and glitzy and gets a lot of attention and i think Seattle always has sort of a chip on its shoulder about, you know, being sort of like up in the Pacific Northwest and
2: right by everyone. Yeah, sad, depressed. Right, exactly. Into poetry. Yeah. The (laughs) no, I mean, I grew up on the East Coast, and I, I wasn't into MLS. And when Seattle and Portland came into the league, that's when I started to take notice of MLS and those fan bases being as exciting as they are. And then when I moved out to Los Angeles. I went to a Galaxy game and I was like, that's not what I saw on the TV. (laughs) That's not what I'm feeling. And so when LAFC came to town, it really was, I was measuring it up against those fans and that fan base that you guys established. And I was like, oh, that's the vibe that I'm happy that we're not recreating, but trying to be a part of. Yeah. And so I I do think that they're at least mentally... LAFC fans do measure themselves up against you guys. Well, that's good to hear. But as as the host of this podcast, I have to say, fuck you and your team. We hate you. Uh, (laughs) um, Before I DM'd you, I DM'd Drew Carey to ask him to be on the show, and he didn't respond. Do you think he was afraid of my tough questions? Probably, yeah. I think Drew has a lot of...
1: I think he's very frustrated that just like Sounders fans feel like we have been usurped by the newest and shiniest new fan base i'm sure he also has a lot of antipathy towards lafc because of will ferrell yes. suddenly taking up all the attention that he used to get
2: yeah i that must be there's going to be a murder and i'll know who did it yeah <laughs> um well thanks so much for coming on jeremiah uh, where can people find you if they they want to they want to find you yeah so most of my writing
1: you can find at sounder i do a podcast No Sadietes and uh, we actually just started a substack as well so we have a newsletter that we put out twice a week with and you know other things on there uh, that's uh, nosaudiat.substack.com
2: amazing thank you so much for taking the time when we come back we're going to make some bets
0: and we're back now it's time for a segment called bet it and forget it
2: bet it and forget it, forget it.
0: Forget it. Forget it. every week Travis and I are going to end the show with a bet for this next week's game Or pair of games? We make an outlandish prediction for that week, something that almost definitely will not happen, but could happen. Each week, we both put up $5. If no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week. Eventually, by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change, which means the other person loses a good chunk of change, and it's kind of devastating. So, last week we had let's see my bet was a total of ten posts or crossbars over the course of two games, which you were pretty nervous about when I brought it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it really seems possible,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't it did it didn't you come got two. close to happening you I got,
2: both were Jenny Bowanga
0: We did satisfy the premise of this segment i think and the in the fact
2: that it was really exciting when it happened twice. <laughs> And I, was I do really into it. <laughs> people tweeted to us, and our friends texted us what it happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is the segment during the shop, but yeah, that was not close. Didn't happen.
2: Mine In was Rogers? That there would be some sort of visa problem at the border, and one of our right. players would right. not make I it back not, after a day or two. Did not see any news about that. <laughs> if it happened. Maybe we retroactively give me $40, but I haven't heard anything, so we got to say that it didn't cash. But that means that since our bets haven't cashed, we're up to $50 this week. This is the real fucking deal now.
0: We have already designated this as rich territory. We will Mm -hmm. be rich. One of us will be rich. One of us will be poor.
2: And so this is something that I'm going to start taking this more seriously because I've been kind of doing goofy like bets that don't really have to do with the game or just sort of around the game. And so I'm going to make a prediction that you might say is not outlandish enough, and we can have a conversation about it.
0: That's good. I'm going to do the same thing.
2: Okay. My prediction, which I'm very confident in, is that Aaron Long this week is going to score a brace in one of the games. That doesn't mean he scores one goal in each game. It means he scores two goals in one of the games.
0: Okay. The I prediction don't think it's just a two goal game.
2: It, the prediction is that Aaron Long scores two goals in a single game.
0: I don't, I, you know, I don't mean any two-goal game. Yeah, a two-goal game for Aaron Long. Yes.
2: Yes. And I think that that's outlandish, but not insane. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, we can veto it if we need to veto it. No, I... There's a real chance you know he doesn't play in do, one of the games.
0: That's true. You know what? I think I should introduce my bet, and then we should we should figure out for both of them. Let's put okay, them on an even it. playing field, okay? I for it. I don't, I don't think on its own this is ready, because it does need to be a little bit more outlandish but i just wanted to introduce the concept of a bicycle goal a bicycle kick goal
2: okay okay somebody making a bicycle goal yeah
0: yeah a real one not not like a you know three quarter kind of like a around, like volley sort of no you, people know we know when it's a
2: real one people say Back oh he liked it that's not real you're talking by, back to the goal, not looking yeah. at the goal really when it happens. Because there's people yeah. who do the sideways. Airborne. Okay. Well, I do think you can have a bicycle kick goal where you just sort of fall. And I would still call it a bicycle kick goal.
0: That's a – no, that's that's not a bicycle kick goal. That's maybe like <laughs> – that's like – you know what that, that is? That's like when you're exercising with a recumbent bike. You're like sitting and lounging, but you're like, I'm exercising because my legs are moving. Yeah. That's not, a, that's not what that is.
2: Okay, so I think that yours is more outlandish than mine. I really, think yours oh, is I'm less than this. mine. Okay, and and I think that we both are Wait, not likely. Just I mean, I have a backup if you want mine to be harder. But I think I I think two goals in one game is impressive for any player, and it for yeah, it I to be Aaron Long is hard to imagine. And um, I think bicycle yeah. kicks, a pure bicycle kick where someone is airborne. There's a sh- there's a photo of them. Nothing's touching the ground. I, that seems like that almost never happens.
0: It almost never happens, but it's awesome when it does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you feel like those are fair? I feel like this is our first real wager. Yeah, I think this will okay. be fun. Yeah, okay. I like I
0: like having some risk on the other side of it. You know?
2: Yeah, because like the yeah okay good. So those are our those are our bets. Uh, Aaron and that's
0: Longshot. our shot.
2: Aaron Longshot sorry. <laughs> Ooh. We I mean maybe we can have a new name for the if I hit then we rename the segment Aaron Longshot.
0: Aaron Longshot, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um oh maybe episode title. Who knows? Ooh. That's our show, Darren. Why don't you All take right, us away? That's our
0: show. All right, before we go, another reminder that we'll be live streaming post game every game. Unless we're just like busy or something, we have lives. Ten minutes after both games on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at happyfoot sadfoot. There's a link in the show notes. Subscribe while you're there. Talk to us in the chat. And click the link and call in to talk on the show, be on the show with us. It'll be a lot of fun. That's all we got for you.
2: Yeah. And I do want to say thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to the post game and listening on the podcast. The post game live stream has been getting increasingly popular each time we do it, and the chat has been active. We have a bunch of fun people calling in each week. I've been like, I've been very touched that people want to be a part of it. So please, even if you don't have a lot to say, If you want to talk for 15 seconds and just say one thing and then hang up, you're more than welcome. If you just want to chat in the, in the chat, that's fine, too. I just don't want you to feel like because the last few weeks we've had Vince and Kirk back to back that you have to be an expert. Happy to just talk to you and you can be as dumb as we are as yeah, well. We
0: had, a, we had the, the Saints going to pick his wife up from the airport.
2: Yeah. Conk yeah, that was beautiful.
0: Parking lot traffic.
2: Our theme music is done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louie Palmer. You can follow us again on YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you enjoyed this and have friends curious about the club, LaFC Curious, please spread the word. Send this their way. We're doing this mm-hmm. entirely on our own dime, so any new listeners really, really means a lot, and I mean that sincerely. It's so exciting to watch this grow, and and so I thank you for telling your friends about it. And as always, if you can please review five stars in whatever app you use. It helps other people find our podcast that are looking for LAFC podcast. Thanks again. And we'll see you at BMO on Wednesday and on the live stream. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I, I love you. I, lo- I love you. I, I, um, I love you. a lot. <clears throat> I love you.